0: watch film but i'd be honest i mean when i first started watching film i was just watching a game
1: hello everybody and welcome to the uk packers podcast it's your host as usual at DDD nfl and as you know over friday i like to bring you a special celebrity guest and this one i have to say is an absolute personal favorite of mine he's a media heavyweight in the states but I do read on his Wikipedia page, he's down as the most frequently fired, so it's kind of scaring me a bit. We've radio host Michael Graham. Michael, how are you?
0: I'm great. Glad to be here, Mr. Farage. Uh, <laughs> this is UKIP. Pa- I'm sorry, Packers? What?
1: Uh, yeah, it's the UK what and Irish football? What's
0: going on? Hey, what? Yeah, it's got it's got
1: political already, Michael, and a fear that you know we might alienate some of our of our people. So I reckon we'll just stick to the American football for this podcast. I'll That'll discuss be so. it. and
0: yes, American football. I have to say, uh, for people who don't know um, my uh, connections with Europe and, and with you, uh, you know, are through George Hook, yeah. the legendary rugby broadcaster who does a uh, you know talk show over in uh, Dublin, and I've been a uh, guest on the show now for more than ten years. I guess has been going on, yeah, and uh, I've been over, and I will say I've. Uh, I've been to uh, to Europe many times, been to Ireland many times, been to London several times, not nearly as often as I want, and I, I, there are many, many things to love about it, but your obsession with third world kickball, that you call football, <laughs> I will never understand. And it's not just that soccer sucks, and it sucks. It truly is an awful, <laughs> a 90-minute toothache on grass. It is an unwatchable waste of time. Um, it's that you have so many other cool sports and we'll get to the expansion of the NFL into Europe in a second. I know you want to talk about that, the Green Bay Packers and blah, blah, blah. But I just, one of the, th- the things that stunned me when I first started working with George and coming over to Ireland is I flip, I was sitting in a bar somewhere. What do you guys call them, Pub, whatever. I was sitting in some place that you guys rip us off for six euros for a damn beer um, and I look up on the screen, and I see these guys running around. They're holding wooden paddles, and they're throwing a ball, and they're tackling each other, and they're running, and they're, there's goalposts. And someone explains to me that it's hurling. Now, oh, yeah. I can't afford to hurl because you charge too much for alcohol, but I do a lot of <laughs> hurling back here in the U.S. It is, it is astonishingly – and I knew nothing about the game. I could not stop watching. Uh, the same thing with ah, – ga. How can you not watch? <laughs> ah, the same thing with rugby. I'm, you know, Americans. R- the rugby's starting to have some presence over here, yeah. uh, a little bit. Also, lacrosse, which is our version, our pathetic version of of hurling, mm-hmm. starting. To, there are a couple of pro teams, you know, out there. But you've got so much great sport, and then you want to sit and watch a game where eighty five of the ninety minutes occurs nowhere near a scoring opportunity i do not understand it I at all i have
1: to agree uh michael because like you know being an irishman and again for our followers michael's talking about hurling which is you know it's it's seen it's an amateur sport here it's not professional uh because ultimately and you know i'd love to pick your brain about this later but you know how making a sport professional can almost ruin the sport yeah so that's a good point yeah you know it's it's hurling so it's it's basically as you say guys with sticks they get a ball and they just bludgeon each other now that's why you know that's why i kind of <laughs> like the nfl as an Irishman. but exactly. i'm like on these guys like jj watt there was a picture of him right mm-hmm. i put a picture of jj watt above my fireplace to scare the kid away from the fire because <laughs> this guy i mean half his face was hanging off and he's like no, no i'm gonna play on yes. like concussion is such an issue in american football that players don't know who they are they don't know right. their arse from their elbow but they still want to play because like no no i'm a real man let's do it and i have to agree soccer is kind of I don't know, you know, scene
0: of a. Oh my God, the stuff they card people over and like, that was a penalty in the United <laughs> States. That's like a friendly man-to-man greeting. What are you talking <laughs> about? Because soccer is for wimps or football. whatever you guys call it? Is for wimps. And everyone knows it. By the way, uh, I I'm a big fan in in the states and the college level you know, yeah. is where is our minor leagues for the NFL. And I'm a big South Carolina Gamecocks fan, home of Jadevon Clowney, who yeah. plays with JJ uh, or or. Should, Sits on the bench near, I should say, sadly, JJ <laughs> Watson. He was a monster in college, and I just love watching him, watching him play. And uh, I grew in the like so many people, and I'm sure it's the same in uh, in uh, Europe. The the sport that grabs you when you're a kid is a sport that lingers with you. And so I was a kid in rural South Carolina. We don't have a lot of pro sports, uh, in the Southeast. And even now, not, it's pretty much a dearth of sports. Uh, but we had college and that's, what's our, that was our pro sport. You know what I mean? In in the Southeast in America, college football, I'm not exaggerating when, uh, the local stadium, fills for a game in Columbia, South Carolina, the stadium by itself becomes the second largest population city (laughs) in the state because so many people jam in. And the same is true in Tennessee. I mean, you regularly in the in these states have 110, 115,000 people cram into a stadium for a college, not pro, A college football game, uh, because of the of the emotional connection and passion. You grow up, you wear the colors. You've got the bedspread on your bed, you know, with the the Gamecocks (laughs) or whoever it is, you know, the the Michigan, uh, you know, uh, uh, Wolverines, whatever it is. And that's the emotional connection right there. And I I, this is my question for you: is you you talk about amateur and pro sports? I'm fascinated by the amount of European passion for pro teams. Mm-hmm. Because in the states, uh, uh, the, the passion is just not the. I mean, I, I take it back. In some places, it's the same. Yeah. You know, Green Bay being one of them, yeah. Boston being one, New York being one. But in a lot of places, the attitude is the pro teams are. You kind of watch them, and they're entertaining, almost like watching a play or a movie. Yeah. But your your college team is the team you watch, like you're watching a family member in a play. You know what I mean? You're emotionally yeah. vested. So tell me how Europeans have become so passionate about professional teams particularly the awfulness that is pro soccer teams
1: yeah do you know i think it's almost in our dna so uh, from here from our from an irish perspective right we don't have we have a football league but as much as people try to bang on that it's a good football league it's not the talent is usually drained over to england so if you're a good soccer player over here and i played soccer at an underage level all the best lads were kind of plucked from the team and they go to Dublin then they go from Dublin then they go to England small teams then they go from England small teams to the slightly bigger teams and eventually you know all of the talent just drains out of the country so the only thing that we have is hurling and Gaelic and all these sports and that's how we're so good at sports and why we're so good at rugby if you look at the Irish rugby team Mm -hmm. most of the plays that they make it'd be Johnny Sexton will kick the ball cross field your man will jump up, catch the ball, Tommy Bow, pull it down. That's all because he's used to playing Gaelic or Ga, as you like to say, right? <laughs> That's why is because we're so proficient in these ball sports of jumping up and catching it. So right. from an Irish perspective, we're used to looking abroad and we're used to looking across the sea and seeing Man United and Liverpool and Arsenal and all these teams and supporting from a distance. But I think Michael where it comes into it with NFL is, is that certainly over here like college ball and again Ireland's no stranger to college ball because we've you know Georgia Tech and Boston College coming over to play the game in in 58 days so they're passionate about the american football but it's more nfl because i think we can relate to it more that as you say to be into the college game you kind of have to have a vested interest right i mean you can't just exactly. look across so if you're if you have some guy huey from your town and he's running back and you you have That's to right. watch huey and the problem is is that i think we like the continuity of it that if you have a player you know uh, like aaron Rodgers, he's signed stays in town for forever right. you know whereas the college game it recycles these players and they come out but arguably and this is from speaking to I interviewed a man Green all time leading rusher for the Packers I asked him you know what's the difference between the college game and the pro game he said the number one difference was that in college everybody kind of pulls together there's that collegiate that team spirit that's right. and in the NFL it's simply everyone's out to get his money and that's something I'd like to ask you uh, Michael I mean you're into your pats that's right do you think making a sport because look at Andrew Luck signed his contract. He got a hundred mm. bazillion dollars, right? <laughs> That's right. To play for forever. He's the highest paid NFL quarterback now, higher than Tom Brady. Because right. Tom Brady, in fact, took a pay cut. Do you think mm. this big money? Because I know you're from listening to you on the George Hook Show, and from your you know your podcast, mm. you're a capitalist. You love the whole. Absolutely. If you can make money, make money. If you can't make money, screw you. You know you you're, you lose money. Do you think money, big money, is kind of ruining
0: NFL? Well, I mean, it's it's. Uh, It's just a different game. It's a different product. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I would look at it this way. On the one hand... You can watch a college team. And by the way, this is – let's move beyond even football. I mean you see this in all kinds of sports. In America, yeah. basketball is a big sport. You see basketball teams that, that make it to the our national tournament, and they're from some little school, you know, podunk, part-time, <laughs> high, whatever. And suddenly they make it up to – they make it to the tournament. Then they make it to the a first round. Then they make it to the second round. They're, they're in the like the sweet 16 or the even the elite eight. Yeah. That happens because of the crazy emotion. You're at a level in the game where emotion can make a difference. You see it in college where – in college the the, the, the the story is or the line is any given Saturday, yeah, any team can beat another team. And one reason is because, like you said, there, it, it's this – the emotion of the team you're playing for this thing that you're loyal to. People have games out of their heads. Let's face it. In pro sports – on any given whatever, no. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. sorry. <laughs> on any given day, whatever the Atlanta Falcons are going to suck, yeah. and they're just going to suck because they suck. And <laughs> when they put, when they play you know, a team like the Packers, almost certainly the Packers are going to win because yeah. they're just a better team. Same thing. I would argue, and I don't follow you know soccer, but when you look in the the pro you know the pro league, you, you can many many weeks before the game starts, you pretty much know what the final outcome is going to be because of the talent. And so you have to ask yourself the question, do you want to watch a sport that's governed by talent? That is, I've got the best players, you've got your best players, and the best of the best are competing, and it's about their individual talent? Or do you want to watch a sport where – once again, to use the example of theater, it's like kind of like community theater. These people aren't the best actors, you know. They're not going to make it on Broadway, but they're really into it and they're giving their all. And every once in a while, one of them can have an amazing performance. <laughs> and you know the guy, and that's so. It's just different. I would also say the other big difference, my understanding is, in the NFL versus college ball, and I followed a lot of Gamecock, you know, college players into the pros and watched yeah. them. Is speed. Oh my God, the the NFL game is so much. Faster yeah. than college ball, and I was going to ask you if that's true I- between the amateur, the local town teams, and then the pro teams in rugby, soccer, etc. in Europe, is there that jump in speed? Because even more so than size, you you watch a college game and it's it's, it's like, and then you go to an NFL game, it's like, was I watching that last one yeah. like with the speed turned down? Did I did I have <laughs> the adjustment somehow wrong on the tape? That doesn't even. It's all in a way. It's almost not even the same sport
1: yeah no definitely and i mean you know even certainly with rugby is the same so if you take a province like leinster i mean just the the players that have to make it up through all of the different levels at school level to make it up and again leinster now it was always seen that you know leinster players play for leinster Connick players play for leinster you know it's kind of like yeah (laughs) leinster do kind of drain it the way the uk drain you know irish soccer but there is that there is that definite step up in level and that's something that you know what over here we face an awful lot of we watch the NFL and we go, Oh, the NFL, they wear pads. I mean, sure, that's right. just like a sissy's rugby. And you're thinking, <laughs> No, like if you talk to any type of physician that deals with the injuries yep. that arise from the NFL, they'll say, I've never seen someone with something hanging off like this, unless they've been in a car crash, but mm. you came in from a from a you know, an American football game, which is the, kind of the trend that the way the nfl is going at the moment they're trying to make it safer it's becoming a, it's almost becoming a, a completely different sport so like but all of the changes that we've seen you know moving the touchbacks you know right. the kickoffs are from a different place do you feel that the nfl is kind of moving away from a sport and becoming kind of more like an entertainment product because Mike, michael if you look at it now right we fantasy football and mm. now pe- players are being abused so people are going up to the players saying like, hey, Matt Forte, I mean, you, right. you know, you lost me $20 in my home <laughs> league in, you know, whoeverville Everville because right. the guy, you know, sure. and so they're getting abused because uh, they're, they're not getting the points for fantasy yeah. football. Let me tell you
0: something. Uh, people have been betting on NF- NFL since there's been an NFL, and people who lost money to their bookie have been yelling at players <laughs> since there's been an NFL. So I don't think that's the angle. I do say that uh, I think that American football is in an interesting moment. There's technology that's going to be available soon that's going to make that's going to handle some of these issues of the head injuries. There are are these new high-tech fibers and 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 uh, um, nanoparticles are being used to create very very expensive but super protective gear that's going to let the guys play pretty much like they've played so that we can get rid of some of these stupid rules where you, where you a guy tackles another guy, just a straight-up tackle, and because his head wasn't exactly in the right position, he you know, makes a little contact. and oh, Head-to-head contact. <laughs> uh. So I think I – think I, but right now we don't, we don't have the tech yet to protect, and the guys are so big and so fast – that I mean, with these, whenever I hear rugby people, I'm like, "Oh, please, just shut up!" You go, <laughs> you go outside and let one of these NFL guys, who's 270 pounds, but can still run 40 yards in less than five seconds, yeah. you let him slam into you full speed, and then you come talk to me about whether or not you want pads. Now I want to ask you. I want to go back. So you're talking about the the league and the development of the uh, NFL in Europe, blah blah blah. Yeah, I'm. I'm fascinated by the fact that there are NFL or American football clubs in places like Sweden yeah. These neighborhood you know, these guys are getting together and playing American style football. And you know, the uh, you've got teams uh, rising in the in the mediocre league over there. And I'm not trying to be mean, that's not fair, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. in Germany, you got whatever what are they like the Rhine? Yeah. You know, Donald Trump's Donald Trump has promised he's going to cut taxes and retake the Sudetenland. land. I'm not sure that's a good move. <laughs> that's just me. But anyway, um, and then the but the NFL's attitude seems to be London, money, we fill the seats, we make money. I gotta tell you, if I wanted to build a league that's gonna make real money over time, that's gonna have real passion and fans willing to stand in line and buy the gear, I think I'd rather see more football clubs in Sweden and Belgium and Spain than I would, you know, games in London that sell out. Am I wrong?
1: Well, you see, we're at two minds, right? So one, it's kind of like, um... If someone says to you, I'll give you something for free, and you're like, okay, yeah, brilliant. And then they give you something that's awful, but then people go, eh, whatever, it's still free, right? And that's kind of the way some people see what the NFL are doing. They'll give us games like Vikings versus the Rams, right? And people go, oh, legendary, you know, and you're kind of like, no, nah, not really. Like, now again, we're, we're appreciative of the fact that the games are coming over. We get excited. By the way, I
0: noticed that a Packers fan has to bash the Vikings. I saw that. <laughs> Always. Because, by the way, they're going to bash you, just so you know. So you can write down two losses for the uh, Packers for the 2016 season just scratch those off right there
1: okay let me tell let, let's get into it right so we've Aaron Rodgers again uh-huh. top of his game always right and now he's going to be dealing with uh, wide receivers that are a year you know more mature so Jeff Janis Devontae Adams had an injury last year he's going to step up Jordy Nelson his ACL will be repaired so he'll be back and then you have a guy in Teddy Bridgewater who you know the Vikings don't know how to use him as stat against T- Teddy Bridgewater he does the most seven step drops so he drops back to throw an absolute bomb downfield and ends up dumping the ball off to his running back so if AP Adrian Peterson which he is doing because let's face it running backs fall off a cliff after the age of 30 it's going to fall yep. off a cliff I don't think the Packers about in to worry well, remember
0: Adrian Peterson uh, uh, has a season in reserve because he was you know knocked out <laughs> for a year and he spent that time conditioning himself by beating his kids repeatedly so he's going to be in great shape but are you guys going to find someone who can actually rush for more than a yard and a half at a time, or are you going to stick with Eddie Lacy and let him continue to uh, to well, uh, not move the ball for you? Eddie What's Lacy arguably
1: game? hasn't been healthy since he's been with the Packers, but now he's slimmed down with yeah, okay. so I have with to the... get my violin, I have to get my violin. Out. <laughs> it's like...
0: Oh. <laughs> saga of the guy <laughs> who can't run the ball. I'm just hitting okay. you with stats,
1: Michael. It's the same thing that happens uh, with the George Hook show. He talks reason and you just, you know, uh, you just pitch your American he sort he of stuff. There
0: are guys who can move the ball and there are guys who can't move the ball. And uh, Aaron Rodgers is a guy who can. Eddie Lacy's a guy who can't. So and Tom just...
1: Brady is a guy who can move the ball, but only with the help of Spygate, the Flakegate, oh, the Tuck please.
0: Oh God, talk about going to the total loser spot. This is a sad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was, I'm, I was. was. I, I was so uh, uh, enraptured with my model of the uh, yet another NFL World uh, Super Bowl ring that I, I was distracted. So are we talk about Tom Brady again. And this is, by the way, this isn't this the best part of sports? The best part, like we said, with, with pro sports, because in so many games, talent wins out. Yeah. You know, obviously, there are games where you've got parity. You've got teams, you know, two great teams playing or two sucky teams playing and stuff. But it's the other stuff that makes it. Work. I mean, I love the fact that people are desperately trying to prove that a one-pound per square inch difference in a football, which, by the way, you and I could not even tell the difference if we yeah. held the ball, makes the difference in whether or not you win. A football game I mean I just that's what it comes out pounds and inches it's crazy but
1: look Michael uh-huh. I'll actually agree with you right because it was a crazy what happened with the deflate gate because I'm on I'm on Irish radio here during the regular season on sunshine 106.8 I get on with Ken Doherty, snooker player and we sort of talk general NFL, so I put my Packers Cheese head hat down and sure. I talk all about the NFL and the flake gate kept coming up, you know, everyone was talking, about, Oh, you have to talk right. about the flakegate again. <laughs> like I mean, when the true doll comes out, they were saying eleven of the twelve balls, you know, they were they were right. underweight and all this. It actually came out that one of them was by two pounds, and that happened to be the one uh, that the Colts player caught and put to the edge. But what I will right. say is is that even in that game, after they, you know, pumped up the balls to the to right weight, Tom Brady waxed the Colts in the second half. It wasn't even an issue.
0: <laughs> like of course, because they're just a better team, and he's he's a guy who knows how to win. But I here is what's interesting to me is the guys who do this stuff for a living, and and you follow a lot more closely than I do, so maybe you know this. too, Baseball players will talk about a, you know how a single scuff on a single ball can help yeah. them pitch the ball differently, but only if you're a great pitcher. Yeah, it does. It's you can't take a mediocre athlete. And give him something like a, whatever, softer or harder ball. And so, by the way, some of the players like harder balls. You can get more spin yeah. uh, on them, you know, et cetera. That's not that's, – in the hands of mediocre, it's just mediocre. You've got to yeah. be great first before you can get any tiny, probably imperceptible benefit from something like a deflated football.
1: Yeah, because Aaron Rodgers famously came out and said, Oh, you know, this was years before. And then they some. I don't know who dredges up this stuff. I don't know who goes <laughs> out and sort of goes, Oh, here's an article from seven years ago exactly, on some yeah. blog. But he came out and said he likes them, not overinflated, but he likes, you know, a good bit of juice in there because he's big. He likes them
0: overinflated because he's a cheater. <laughs> That's
1: why. <laughs> scurrilous I don't want the podcast exactly. to be sued. Christ. Mike, ever, we'll have to give out your email address or something after this. email And by, by the way,
0: for people who want to find me, I'm on Twitter at I M Graham, and I uh, am the media uh, a creative director now for a couple of magazines, Washington Examiner and uh, the Weekly Standard and Red Alert Politics. So if you're interested in American politics, just uh, check any of those out, or just Google Michael Graham and it'll probably pop up.
1: Absolutely. And, and what about your podcast, Michael? Is that on hold now for the moment? Or are you going to get back? Yeah, into well, the I, do
0: po- I do. I do. I do a series of podcasts for these magazines. I've, I've, after a, a long and, as you mentioned, frequently fired career in radio, <laughs> I've now moved over. So all of my uh, content now is online. I I, I do podcasts for the Weekly Standard, and I also uh, produce, I guess you'd say, video and audio podcasts for the Washington Examiner. And so I'm spending more time behind the camera, yeah. uh, which is uh, which is fun in and of itself, and creating new product. But uh, Washington Examiner is kind of a cool – it's a center-right news outlet here in the states with a lot of young uh, writers and they're very smart and witty so I, I steal their jokes <laughs> and then the weekly standard is kinda of legendary for people like Bill Crystal and Fred Barnes if yeah. people follow American politics and so we have got uh, the the wise lions and then we've got the young Turks or to, to, yeah. to badly mix my metaphors no nice uh,
1: cuz since you moved over actually I've been you know cuz I follow you on Twitter and Facebook so I'm sort of dipping in and out of the stuff that you're posting it's, it's good stuff and what I liked about you on the radio Michael and why i think it was great to have you on the podcast was is that you don't hold any punches you're an obs kind of guy i completely do not agree with most of the stuff that you say (laughs) but i love the fact that you have such conviction when you're saying it but um that's what i want to sort of ask you michael you're you know you're kind of a rare guy in the media certainly in ireland here now again we don't kind of hold back certainly me i'd be very not on pc but i kind of like to say it how it is within reason and like you said earlier You know when we were Kind of bashing each other About you know How the Packers are great And the you know right. The Patriots are cheaters Which they are So when we were bashing <laughs> Each other about that right We have this Instagram account That's got 12 and followers We cre- Like I create these funny memes And put them out And you know like Oh here's Jay Cutler Oh what a woman he is You know And then people go Oh yeah your quarterback's a woman But then I get a woman Coming back saying Hey that's not fair Like women are Great athletes yeah. too And I'm like I'm not Yeah I'm not saying that I know yous are I'm just saying It's the age old thing Of like joke. you're a sissy. Yeah.
0: That's all it is. It's a joke. That's all. And by the way, if any woman wants to throw down with me about sports, bring it sister. I'm happy to, because (laughs) here in the United States, for example, the NBA has been forced forced by political correctness and regulators to fund this thing called the WNBA which yeah. is girls playing basketball and I'm sorry nobody wants to watch girls playing basketball because they suck and they don't suck <laughs> because they don't have spirit and they don't have talent per se it's because you can't do the same things with a female body that you can do with a male body it has nothing to do with good or bad or you know moral judgments or pro burqa. it's just the case here is the truth and I, I, and I went on the air on a on a station that has to carry the WNBA, and they were very upset. But I said, here's the truth. You go to Washington, D.C., and go out to an outdoor basketball court where guys are just playing pickup games. I can get five guys in that pickup game who can go in and beat – the WNBA championship team right now. But well, let, let me jump in there, Michael, at the fence.
1: Let me jump in the defense and let me put this to you. Do you think the problem is, though, that these young girls who are grown up, they don't, they can't have women basketball on TV. They don't see it. They don't care about it. They don't want to play it. And that if you put the funding in and try to bulk it up, that, you know, 10 years down the line, you will have a league that's worth watching because the no, standard be so no, much higher. No, you
0: never will because they, they can't do the same things physically. Now, look, if you want to watch a slower, lower-scoring less physical no dunking game you can it's called boys in the eighth grade playing <laughs> basketball but why would you why would you do it i mean there are you know tennis tennis to me is a great example the women's tennis and men's tennis games are very different and it yeah. just and it really does depend on what you like more with the men's game there's a lot more power you know if you like to watch guys get aced then yeah. watch guys if with the women's game there's a lot more endurance i, I would argue there's probably more strategy you know, play, strategic placement of the ball on the court but for you to tell me that the women's tennis and men's tennis is equal, it's not equal, it's different yeah. that's that's the key, is it's different and if a guy you took the best five men's tennis players against the best five women the five guys would win 90% of the games because the women wouldn't be able to return the serve doesn't mean that they're bad or good or whatever it's just physics it's yeah. pure physics and biology and this is what frustrates me about euroweenies and the eu right now <laughs> is you guys live in this fantasy world where you think you can make physics and biology just disappear you can just make things different look here is the deal the world the, the culture of the Middle East is very different from the culture of Europe. They have a different set of values. I'm not arguing who's right and who's wrong that's a, that's an argument from another day but the idea that you can have millions of people with a very different view of for example the relationship between women and men come to your community and live there and there be no consequences that's crazy Human beings bring their passions and their beliefs and their values and their sports with them. And you have to decide how you're going to handle those consequences. And one reasonable decision is to say, you know what, we're going to have immigration, but we're going to have it at a pace where we can also allow assimilation. Or you can say, no, 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 no. We don't care about the consequences. And if you do care about the consequences, you're a xenophobic racist. You can say that. And then what happens is, well, what's happening?
1: Yeah, but Michael, I mean, from whatever, but the the sort of European perspective of, you know, where it gets kind of silly, everyone's scared to sort of, you know, say anything that, you know, people don't agree with or... Right. You know, the problem with America is the exact same because you've even spoke about it before. In yeah. our beloved state of Wisconsin for the Packers, you know, the Wisconsin <laughs> Athletic Association came out and said, oh, yeah, OK, for all, you know, high school sports, uh, you can't catcall the other team. You can't. No That's negative right. chance. You can't. Uh, you know, if they miss a, a <laughs> foul, you've made maybe just right. an applaud along, clap and say, well done. Good job. I mean. Like what, what's happening? Explain to me uh, I, where this American attitude is I, coming from. Of, you I will know. tell
0: you where it is because we have a European president named Barack Obama. <laughs> he has a European Secretary of State named Hillary Clinton, and they really fee- f- share the European progressive view of the world. They really do, and that's the entire conversation in American politics. Is you have people who want America to become like Europe, and you have people like me who want America to remain America, and that's the divide. And the uh, the U- UK has figured it out europe is headed straight down the toilet their economy sucks and the uk will do much much better over the next 10 years than the eu will do economically and uh culturally and i'm willing and i've been making this offer to anybody willing to wager anybody will the annual rate of economic growth in the uk be higher or lower than the eu over the next 10 years and i can't find anybody who will bet on the eu well, that nobody rem-
1: that remains to be seen but certainly uh, from working in the financial services sector we do see a definite dip. now. I, I feel well, the yeah, podcast has gone are. away but, from yeah, sports onto sort of
0: financial but, markets. Well, and- yeah, because you're going through the change. You're going through the change, the setup, the uncertainty right now. Look, when Apple decided that they were going to uh, uh, double down on devices, and they decided that they were after a strategy of kind of moving more towards software and towards you know the guts of machines, they made this revolutionary change and they came out with the iPad. Do you realize that in 2010 the iPad didn't exist? Hmm. And you had this period for where where Apple stock stumbled as they tried to pick out their vision. Then they picked out their vision, they enacted their plan. And my argument in uh, the late 1990s was the same uh, about Apple as is about the UK today. Over time, who you gonna bet on? And I'm betting on the people of Great Britain caring more about the people of Great Britain than the Europeans will ever care about Great Britain, because that's just human nature. The Irish will always care about Ireland more. The you know Spaniards will care about Spain more. That's just just how human beings are. And Brussels can issue all the edicts it wants about how toasters should be operated and what size slices of bread it should accommodate and blah, blah, blah. And they're never, ever going to understand the way people in London or Dublin or Madrid want to live better than the people who live there.
1: But I mean, the nanny state thing is is all over the world. I mean, you know that that Wisconsin thing about not cat call and not chanting sure, is yeah. one deal. But then, isn't it isn't it a culture over in America now where you know you can play a game of you know little league American football or whatever it is you know in, in schools, but there's not allowed to be a winner. You know, you okay. can't congratulate someone or you can't commiserate someone. You have to give medals to everybody.
0: No scorekeeping because scorekeeping is bad. And yet, when I when my daughter uh, was playing soccer in those leagues, I guarantee you, every one of her teammates knew exactly how many goals had been scored. <laughs> and you can say no honor co- uh, uh, no uh, honor roll. We have this thing. We used to have this thing in high school where if you maintain a certain grade level, you would be on the honor roll. And at the end of the year, you would be on this honor roll thing. And when you graduated, if you stayed on it, your diploma might have an extra little seal on it that says your honor roll. Well, now schools are getting rid of the honor roll because it's not fair to the kids who didn't study that everybody knows that they're illiterate and you know can't do math. So that's the way we're going. Speaking of which, I gotta go, but it's been a ton of fun doing this podcast. I really appreciate you having me on.
1: Absolutely, Michael. We have to get you on later in the season as well, just to see You know, when the pass start getting absolutely smashed out of it because Tom Brady's sitting on the bench for four games. It's gonna be interesting to see sort of how confident you are then.
0: I do not want to be one of the teams that has to play a, a Bradyless uh, uh, page New England Patriots because they are going to be determined to prove how bogus this is. They are going to crush everybody. <laughs> and by the way, I wouldn't be talking much about who's playing who, given that the Packers have the lamest schedule for 2016. I I think there are two American high school teams on your schedule. <laughs> if I checked it correctly. Hey, so Super Bowl. You
1: said earlier, Michael. Super Bowl rings or Super Bowl rings? If we can get it, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> and that's all we have time for today, folks. Thanks for joining us.